It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quaint Hey guys. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. We've got Mike over there in London. What's up, dude? Yo, what's up? Nada. I'm over here in LA. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's probably the dead of night for Mike right now. And speaking of the dead of night, we... Look at you. Look at you. (laughs) Hey! You know what our topic is this week? Top five zombie movies. Very exciting. Very exciting. And with that in mind, we decided that our spotlight this week, of course, had to be the new Netflix film, Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. Mike, talk talk to us a little bit about this. Give us a little bit of background about the film, too. We got Dave Bautista in there, obviously. Yeah, and it was it came out in just the other day on Netflix, right? But it was in theaters over in the U.S., right? I think for maybe a week prior to Netflix or or the same day, it was uh yeah, it's it's in it's in a few theaters right now as well. But you saw it on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix. Okay, word. But yeah, man, zombies. I mean Zack Snyder I tweeted about this a few weeks ago, but you know, his first film was the Dawn of the Dead remake that I think is pretty good. I do as well. And then, you know, he veered off, I mean, 300 is like a comic book movie, but really he's veered off into superhero stuff since then, right? And he's back, you know, back into the zombie movies. So I was and pretty it's a excited. zombie heist movie. Zombie heist. Not a lot of those out there. No. And, you know, it's Netflix. It's got the big budget. It's coming off. I mean, I didn't. So the last Zack Snyder film I've seen before this was Watchmen. But, you know, I know there was a whole whole thing with justice league and that was my last as well I snyder believe. cut and and that whole drama that i wasn't really a part of but you know <laughs> feared away from that drama yeah i didn't see that but it seemed i did see netflix had a snarky tweet about it though when they released army of the dead which i thought was hilarious what what did they say well they said like uh army of the dead now available this is the snyder cut or something like that that's hilarious um I you know what my last was it wasn't Watchmen it was Man of Steel which I thought looked so good and I thought it was a piece of shit so um, <laughs> okay <laughs> well well that brings me to Army of the Dead which yeah I have to say I don't think this is a very good film I'm gonna be honest I with you. completely agree okay <laughs> all right I mean it was you know I maybe we should start off the top by talking about the length. It's two and a half hours long. I guess yep. it's not four hours, but it's it has no business being two and a half hours long. Well, and can I say something? I am yeah. someone who loves long movies. Like I yeah, personally, sure. so many people dislike them. Oh, give me a 90 minute movie. And those are great sometimes too. There's different movies warrant different run times. And I love a two and a half to three hour epic when it warrants it. This movie, as Mike said, and I feel like we had very similar feelings then because I was hyped for this. I was like, this shit looks fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like 
Zack Snyder back in the day, obviously you had the Dawn of the Dead remake and 300, both super fun, good. And this just, I thought we were ha- going to get a good, good old over the top action movie. And I don't feel like that's what I got. I feel like I got a trying too hard to be part over the top action movie and part like epic zombie film. And it, it didn't really work as either. No. And, and I just, you know, like you said, I am totally down for however long the film needs to be. But when you're watching this, you're like, why am I here? Like, what am I seeing right now? This isn't even yeah. important. Like, let's like, there's so much like he just doesn't want to edit it. And it's like, there's so much that you could take out. And then there was like, you know, the whole thing about like the camp, like the quarantine yeah. camp that was obviously like being forced in, you know, to reflect on what's going on in the world. But like, I never even got a full picture of what was going on there. Then like the heist was barely part of the film. Like that Agreed. was not even, not even relevant. There was a whole bunch of stuff with the zombies that wasn't relevant. And a lot of the emotional stuff didn't hit me. It was too corny, no. but it wasn't corny so, in a funny way. No, so recycled. You're like, oh my God, yeah. Dave Batista has been a bad father and now his daughter's going to come for the ride. Like, it's just like, I've seen that storyline so many times. But, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know how like some of those movies, Mike, though, it's like, it's like you laugh because it's part of the ridiculousness of the movie. Yeah. This yeah. was trying to be serious about that Agreed. stuff. And it was just so not, it was not good. Like, And I think the other thing for me was like, I do think that, you know, at least on some level, I'll always prefer practical effects over digital. But for mm-hmm. this one, it really felt like every zombie got shot in the head and every one of their heads like exploded in the exact same animation. And like it just it just didn't land at all. Like I wasn't feeling it. It just it wasn't like silly. It wasn't the right silly in a sense, but it nope. also wasn't like serious enough to feel it. So I didn't I just didn't have that great of a time watching it, honestly. I didn't either. It felt very generic to me. And I'll tell you who was pretty solid though was Tig Notaro, who's not even in the film. She was digitally added, but I thought she was great. Wait, she was digitally added? Yeah, I just read today. Well, like I knew that she was digitally added, but I think I just read today that Dave Batista still never met her. That's crazy. Because they were supposed to have um what's that that guy's name? Chris D'Elia was supposed to be in the film. And then they obviously took him out for obvious reasons. And, but so, but she, I mean, I think she's great in the film. And, you know, we're at that point where you would never know that she wasn't there. I did not know that and would have never been able to guess that. And yeah, she was honestly the, the most memorable part of the film to me. Agreed. So, well, I'm glad we had the similar opinion. I mean, I think this is. You know, if this film, even like what we've just said about it, if it was 90 minutes, I would still tell people to check it out. But at this length, I can't in good conscience tell someone to spend two and a half hours on this film. No. And, and again, it, it wasn't terrible. It just it no. was so mediocre. It was yeah, so just is, like the bare yeah, minimum. Exactly. Like you're not missing anything if you don't see it. So it's a lot to ask to spend that length. Yes, yes. And and again, not to say there's not a few good moments or a few laughs, but it's just not that great. So it's a pass from both of us. But without further ado, we're going to talk about zombie movies that we think are a lot better than Army of the Dead. That's right. 
So, man, this was this was a surprisingly sort of tough list to make. It's there's a lot of zombie movies. Yeah. And I found it very hard at both the bottom and the top of my list. Agreed. A lot of films competing for that five slot, that four slot, and then the top. Well, I'll tell you when we get there, but I also had a first time. You know, last week you had a first time on the pod, a movie you saw that was so great. You didn't even have to finish it to put it on your list. Top of my list also has a first timer for the pod. Whoa. But you'll reveal it later. I will. Okay. I, I can't wait. And before we start the list, Mike, and today we'll go you first, me second. Were there any qualifications in your mind when determining what is a zombie film? I, I, I really, you know, I never really sat down and thought about it. I've seen so many. And as the, you know, I started preparing for this a few weeks ago. And then as the week went on, I kept trying to pin it down. And I ultimately came up with nothing. It's just like when you know, you know. And for some reason, some just like don't feel like zombie films to me. And I'll maybe reveal those at the end in case you have them on your list. But there's just a certain feel about it, I think, that I was going for. I don't know. Did you come up with anything concrete? No, I really didn't. I really, It was a feeling, like you said. A lot of zombie movies... Yeah, we could get into the nitty gritty and say something like, oh, they have to definitely be dead first and then wake back up or whatever. But I think there's a lot of different takes on the zombie genre. And if you can argue it, you can argue it. I welcome them all. You know, let's whatever you got, come up with it and I'll watch it. Well, let's jump into this thing. Okay, I'm excited. Number five, new watch for me, new discovery. And this is a film from 2012 called The Battery, a.k.a. Ben and Mickey versus the Dead. Okay. You ever heard of this? No. Okay, cool. Um, This is a cool little film, man. Budget, $6,000. Shot in Connecticut. No shit. I don't know where. Looked like the 203. Could have been the 860. We don't know. Okay. Um, but this is the first film by a guy called Jeremy Gardner. He's since made a couple other films. And the guy that shot it is kind of like his his partner, uh, his collaborator, Christian Stella. Um, but yeah, the plot of this movie is basically these two guys are, we don't ever see this, but they allude to the fact that they're like minor league baseball players. And they're just trying to survive in a world where almost everybody is a zombie. And it's kind of like a like a buddy road movie. You know, it's just the two of them for almost the entire film. And they're just kind of traveling along, you know, being friends, trying to survive uh, and make it in this new world. And, um, you know, it's a really cool film because it's made on like the smallest budget imaginable. So in that way, it's it's pretty inspiring. Um, but it also it gets emotional. This will this will really make you feel stuff. And I think you'll really like it because you, you know, you're into to road movies and it definitely has that feel. Okay. I, I really dig the sound of this. I am sort of sad that I didn't come across it myself. It's, it's a cool little watch. I, I, I definitely would tell everybody out there to, to try it out. Um, I think it's definitely worth it. Okay. The battery. The battery. Man, I am, uh, I'm in. You've convinced me. So you've convinced one person. 6000 bucks. Go out there and make a movie. Incredible. All right. Well, 
guess it jumps on over to me. I'm starting with a very recent film. 2018's Overlord. Oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, man. You got to check it out. So okay. I'm actually going to give almost nothing about the plot because so it's it's produced by J.J. Abrams. It's a bad robot uh, film. And if you know anything about J.J. Abrams, you know that majority of the time it's best to go in knowing as little as possible. And I'd say that is true here. But just know that you get World War Two era. You get some unbelievable action sequences. You get. It all takes place sort of around D-Day, but you get some unbelievable action sequences. You get like a Nazi zombie storyline and just one of the most fun B movies that has come out in the last five years. So it was so sneaky good. Like I saw it in theaters really took me by surprise. Like I really was not expecting that much. It had good reviews, but not that many people saw it. And I just had a hell of a good time in the theater and I highly recommend for both anyone that just loves that loves zombie films. But if you're just into a good B action movie, this really scratches that itch. So highly recommend some good twists and turns along the way. And I guarantee you'll have a fun time. Okay, that's money. I've seen this pop on TV a few times here. And then I kind of I didn't know it was zombies. And I kind of read the description and I was like, eh, I don't really want to watch something World War Two. Uh, but I didn't know it was Nazi zombies, which is one of the you know celebrated s- subgenres of zombie movies. I mean, exactly. There it you just go. totally sold it to me better than anyone else had. So I'm absolutely going to watch this. Yes, you're gonna. I'm going to watch the Battery. You're going to watch Overlord. Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. My number four is a. Honestly, I can't exactly tell you what year this came out which sounds weird, but I think it originally came out in 94. And I think it originally came out in the States in 96. So I've seen it kind of labeled differently because it's a pretty small film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is called Cemetery Man. Oh, I've never heard of it. Okay. So this is directed by, it's an Italian film, but it's in English. Um, and it's directed by Michele Suave, who's not a household name, but you should check out his first movie called Stage Fright, which is pretty solid. And this one is, man, this is the hardest film I have on my list to actually describe. But basically, it's about like a caretaker of a cemetery. And uh, the bodies buried in his cemetery come alive after seven days. And he, um, you know, is aware of this and has to shoot them like in the head to kill them a second time um, forever, I guess you want to say. And... It is basically a movie that's just deeply emotional and it's about love and death um, with this big symbolism. Um, you know, it's really, really funny, but like in a, in a very dark way, he's kind of like coasting through this thing in, in not a, not, not exactly a nihilist way, but like um, this attitude that he has towards the, towards the zombies is not like, well, it's not army of the dead. It's, it's very kind of, casual in a sense and then he sort of falls in love with one and it kind of presents uh that as a new thing in his life and then you really don't 
I don't know that you really know where you end up at the end. I think the end is going to mean something different to everybody, and it's going to totally change how you how you see the film. But it's it's Rupert Everett is in the in the leading role, um, and it's it's a really really interesting film. I think one of the one of the most complicated zombie films in terms of what it presents, um, and I would definitely recommend it to everybody. I will definitely also check this out, but I just need to note that you are number five and number four. We've started off strong with just classic Mike picks. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about Cemetery Man is like it doesn't have fantastic scores on like rating websites, but there's a bunch of people that it's like one of the best films of the, of the 90s. Like if, if you like if you there's just just connects with some people and they absolutely love it. Or they're just like, this is not really delivering for me. And it's just kind of one of those films that I don't think we ended up talking about it. But last week in our Aliens episode, I know we talked about after the Under the Skin movie. Yeah. Yep. And it kind of has that vibe where it's like, if you feel it, you feel it. If you don't, you don't. So it's like a cult classic, pretty much. It, it is. It is. But I'm not even... I want everybody to check it out and then tell me what you think. Speaking of you being so Mike with this list, I want you to know, I, I should have announced it right when I did it because I know everyone that listens knows I do this all the fucking time, but you know, I slotted in overlord spur of the moment, right at the last second. <laughs> I, I want us, everyone you know? to know this, this is, is us. us. I had one movie in then this morning I changed it to a different movie. And by the way, I initially was thinking overlord for the spot, but then I was like, no, 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 no. I put this other movie in, Woke up this morning, put in a different movie, and as we're here, I'm like, like your number five pick honestly inspired me. I was like, I, no, no, no. I was like, Overlord's the one that I actually enjoyed the most. Got to put it in. Got to put it in. Classic. Ride or die with JJ, you know? You know, that's my guy. Anywho, number four. This is my only controversial pick of the list. Because I think there's, I mean, I know there's a world where you can argue that technically it's not zombies, but it's widely regarded by many to be a zombie film. And the infection in this film is very close to how zombies act. And I'm going with it. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. This is 2007's wreck oh i think wreck is definitely a zombie film okay amazing 100%. okay that makes me very happy then to hear so it's a found footage spanish horror film came out in 2007 uh it was remade in the states it's a much much poorer version of the film do not watch that no it's called quarantine and if you've seen that well, you've got an exponentially better film in REC Rec. So the film is about this news reporter and her cameraman. And they're covering uh, these firefighters are all at this apartment building in Barcelona. And so it's supposed to be sort of this like, it's sort of like a routine, like emergency thing. And that she's like, just like with them following them on. And pretty much as she is there, there's this deadly virus that is spreading amongst the occupants of the building. And the government like 
like sections off the building and quarantines them all inside. And just it is fucking phenomenal. It, it might be the best usage. It's one of the best uses, I think, of found footage ever. It's very, very smart in how it goes about everything. And I mean, the ending is is bone chilling. Yeah, it's intense. It's very intense, very fucking good. And one of the better horror films out there. And truly the only reason maybe that it's number four instead of, say, number three on my list is because although I do consider it a zombie film, that's what I was getting at earlier with. Eh, they don't they don't necessarily die first. It's just if they get bitten or infected through saliva or whatever, then they turn into like these zombie like creatures. So it is. But bottom line, this movie is fucking awesome. And if you haven't seen it, especially if you're a fan of horror films in general, you need to see this movie. It is it is top tier. So so two things. One, I can say I had so many films vying for a number five that I deliberately left wreck off because I had a feeling. I know you left this film. So mm-hmm. you had a feeling it, it could have been on my list, but I'm glad I left it off. And two, do you do you have the runtime in that movie in front of you? I do. It is 78 minutes. Very so, short. Again, not that I don't love films that are three hours, but one thing that I, that I think is really smart about this movie is that it, you know where those other 15 minutes would go mm-hmm. if this was an American film. And I don't know how long quarantine is, but that's the point, right? They would waste 15 minutes that would distract from what's going on. This film is, we're getting right to the point. And it's going to be terrifying and we're not going to waste any time. And that's part of what makes it so successful. And you're exactly right, because quarantine is 89 minutes, 11 minutes longer that we don't need. We don't need. And and I think that that's a thing that we should be looking out for more in movies now, because they're not going to the theater. They're just going to be streamed. So it doesn't matter how long they are. You don't have to think about monetizing them in that way. Like, I mean, there's a movie Host that came out last year. It's just under an hour. Great film. Why why make it any longer? It doesn't matter. You're streaming it. And I think more more filmmakers should do that. Yes. All that matters is what the story needs. If the story needs 75 minutes, then do it in 75 minutes. If the story needs three hours, then do it. And I was just gonna say not to not to harp on, on Zach's film so much, but like, you know, with Army of the Dead, there's you know, nobody needs like sort of these side storylines that are trying to make it emotional that don't land. There's none of that in Wreck. It's just tear from the beginning. It's straight to the point. And especially with a found footage film, you don't want to watch a found footage film for two hours, typically. They get to the point, they do it right, and you're in, you're out. It's it's perfect. It is, for me, it's very close to a perfect horror film. Yeah, and and with found footage, what you also get a lot is like a lot of setup and a lot of like explanation mm-hmm. that like says why we have the film, what they were trying to do with the film, and this one again is just she's in the fire station, she goes on a call, boom, you know, it's just it doesn't waste any time, and that really adds something to you know how how much it grips you, and it's able to kind of keep you there for the whole film, it never takes you out. Couldn't agree more. So there's wreck, love that. Do not watch quarantine. Watch wreck. Amen. 
Okay. My number three. Very, very excited to talk about this film. But you have to promise me, when I say the name of the film, if you haven't heard it or if you haven't seen it, don't look anything up. And I'll explain. So that is 2017's One Cut of the Dead. Ooh, I had this on my list to watch and I didn't get to it. Okay. Listeners slash town, promise me you'll never look up anything about this film. I promise. It's one of the most delicate. Like if you read the wrong review and there's reviews out there telling you about it, which is terrible. I can't believe people would do that. If you read the wrong review, you won't like this film at all. And if you don't read anything, I think most people will absolutely love it. It has a 100% in Rotten Tomatoes. I will tell you right now, Tan, I've been mulling over whether I can say this with confidence because I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but I do believe this is true. This is the most fun I've had watching a film in at least a decade. Whoa. Or of films that have come out in the last decade. I mean, that's, that's, um, that's, uh, wow. I need to watch this tonight. I'm not going to tell you anything about the film. Don't read anything. I won't even say words about what it's about. You just have to commit to read nothing and commit to watching the entire film. Okay. It's 97 minutes. It's not like an absurdly long film. Just keep an open mind and watch through the end. And I promise you it will deliver most fun he's had watching a movie that's come out in the last 10 years i'm sold let's go where do i sign up i sign up by paying four dollars to rent it after this after this podcast there you go i'm Can't not wait. promoting this film but also <laughs> also it, it was not earned, to promote this film today also i can say that it earned 1000 times its budget oh wow so it, so it did well how the fuck have I not? Heard? Well, I mean, I have heard of it because I had it on my list to watch, but I hadn't like really ever heard of it, which is why I don't know anything about it, which is a good thing, apparently. Yes. Um. Okay. So, One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead, 2017, Japanese film, the first feature film by this director, almost totally unknown actors. You're going to love it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. All right. Number three. All right, this is a movie that I, I watched uh, this week for the first time. I'd, I'd wanted to see it for quite a while just because I'd heard good things about it. And man, it was totally up my alley. It is 2013's Warm Bodies. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I like this film. Yeah, I I was very pleasantly surprised by this film. It's a zombie rom-com almost. I guess rom-com, but also so it's 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 a very interesting take on the zombie genre, and it's 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 with Nick. Uh, I hope I say his name right. Nicholas Hout, I think it is Holt, uh, Teresa Palmer, uh, John Malkovich, and and Dave Franco is even in it in a sort of small role. But uh, it is about this zombie played by Nicholas Hout called named R who sees Teresa Palmer's character uh, named Julie and it's like love at first sight and R ends up killing Dave Franco, who's her boyfriend at the time and slowly starts. He sort of takes her with him and is like holding her with him and starts like 
he like eats like pieces of Dave Franco's brain to like learn things about her because he then can see like into their past. And there starts to be a romance that develops in a sense between them, which starts to cause R to ever so slowly. It seems like he's like returning to human form. And John Malkovich plays her dad, who's like is the head of the guys that's all like trying to kill all the zombies. And uh, Rob Corddry actually is great in this. He plays R's like sort of best buddy in there. And it's just a very unique take on zombies. I'm a sucker for a good like rom-com, like sort of teen love, you know, teen or 20s love story. And this is sort of that with a little bit of like an action movie in there with just a just a very good script. I was very impressed all around and it just made me feel good. And there's a lot of uh, quite generic and run of the mill rom-coms that have come out over the last decade. And this is one of the most interesting takes on the genre. And I just I had to include it because I just I was so pleasantly surprised and just in such a good mood after watching this one. Dude, completely agree. So I hadn't seen this when it came out because I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is sort of like a Twilight thing. And and I think it is aiming for some of that audience, right? And, and Teresa Palmer even slightly looks like like uh, Kristen yes. Stewart in this yes. movie. And uh, then I watched it uh, when we did our rom-com episode. And and I would agree, dude, this is just better than you think it's going to be. Like, it's it's not really... I mean, it obviously is playing on themes that you see elsewhere, but it doesn't mm-hmm. make it doesn't really go for all the jokes you're expecting. Um, it's really sweet, and then like you know, as you said, he's kind of becoming more human, so it also doesn't really get stuck in that like I don't know. There's some of that in like alien movies, right? Like where it's like one person's a human, one person's not quite human, and they have like a wacky relationship, or it develops into a real relationship, and it's. Yeah, I agree. I think what you're saying is like coming out of this film, like you just feel good. It's just it's just a much better film than you think it's going to be. It really is. And I'd even say like, I mean, every sort of rom-com follows some tropes, but this really tends to avoid most of them. And certain parts where I was like, oh, it's going to go here. It, like maybe it does a little, but it does it sort of in its own creative approach. And it, it was just really really solid film all around yeah totally totally agree yeah that's my number three warm bodies check it out nice okay so we're at the point in the pod where something happens that's never happened for me on the pod before and it was i sat for like a week on my number two my number one and i just couldn't come up with any way to separate them as town would say i toiled wow and I literally flipped a coin. My number two is the result of a coin flip. I couldn't oh. in any way decide. That is I almost insane. want to present it like one B, but it's it's two because of the coin gods. I went wow. with tails. This one even was tails, and it did fail. So the adage does not hold true. Um, okay, with that said, my number two slash one B is 1968's Night of the Living Dead. Knew that this was going to be on your list. Had to be there. Absolute classic, um, you know, largely credited with sort of creating the modern zombie film and sort of setting setting kind of the rules, if you will, 
uh, for those films. It's it's George Romero's first film. I know some people prefer Dawn of the Dead. I, I definitely don't. I see a big difference um, between this and that film. And the last time I've seen this was, I guess, right when HBO Max came out, so about a year ago. And it still, to me, just holds up unbelievably well. I think largely due to the black and white. Um, but it makes the, the gore scenes absolutely insane. I think it's still some of the best that you'll ever see in a movie. Um, you know, a lot of people will talk about how having a sort of black lead uh, at this time and then what happens to him over the course of the film is a major political statement. Um, and I still think that is, is somewhat powerful even today. Um, the intensity of the film is 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 ratcheted up really high right from the very beginning of the film it's it's very smart it's low budget single location single day film um and it's it's a very local film um, which is something that i i love personally about horror movies from this time up, up through especially through the 80s and it just it really ticks all the boxes i have like exactly two things that i think are wrong with this film that stop it from being like absolutely perfect but i could watch this every day and i still think it's well i've decided it's the second best zombie film of all time but truly one of my favorite horror films of all time an absolute masterpiece so let me tell you first time i ever watched night of the living dead was this morning and it was such wow. trash i couldn't even get through it this this is the <laughs> hottest of hot takes <laughs> i mean man i just some of these films some of these older films, I know the film, the film lovers are going to hate me for this one, but I just, I didn't get it. I didn't but get all, it. All the films are new if you haven't seen them. You know, I think that's the attitude. Look, I don't even go in thinking, ah, fuck, it's an old movie. I'm not going to like it because no, there are older films that I fucking love. You said this came out in 68, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same as 2001. One of my favorite films of all time. But I don't know, man. Just like. I know that film is different. It was it was different. It was a different medium to a degree back then. But I I I wasn't entertained. And I'm going overboard calling it trash. I know that it set the tone for zombie movies forever. But I just I wasn't I wasn't that entertained and I do think that zombie films have be have been one of the types of films that have benefited from being able to have effects later down the line. For me, the entrail scene in this movie is still spectacular. I think you it's know what? incredible. I'm going to be fair. I didn't get there. Wow. Oh. That's just... <sighs> I can't even. I just need I to know. hear your number two. I just can't. <laughs> Oh, love to stir the pot a little bit on here. Love to stir the pot. Unbelievable. Um, so my number two, speaking of toiling between two films, I toiled with my number two. And it's because, you know, we like to not always, we don't really like to include sequels on these lists. Sometimes we, we outright ban it, like to, to include two of the same franchise. But with this one, both films in this franchise could have been my number two. But I wanted to choose one. And I think this is going to be a bit of a controversial pick. Because I went with the one that 
is still loved, but it's not the OG and it's not the what most people would call classic. My number two is 2007's 28 Weeks Later. This is this is a controversial pick. It is indeed. And I'm going to explain myself. First of all, Danny Boyle, who directed 28 Days Later, one of my favorite directors of all time. I absolutely guy. love him. He's my guy. And Alex Garland, who wrote the first one, is arguably my favorite one of my favorite writers in Hollywood. If we had a top five episode on that, he's on the list. And I love that film. Killian Murphy is fucking great. The movie is fucking fantastic. Super original. Sort of restarted the zombie genre in film, honestly. Sort of gave it a a boost of adrenaline that I think it needed at that time. It, uh... Obviously, as the famous scenes of him walking through London with it empty. Anyway, it's awesome. But 28 weeks later is fucking epic, in my opinion. And I I do feel validated in that it got good reviews. It obviously wasn't raved upon as insanely as 28 days later. But here's why I like it so much. So first of all, just to give you who's in it, it's got Robert Carlyle in it, Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Harold Perrineau, my man from Lost. He plays Michael. Um, You've got uh, Imogen Poots and, of course, the one and only Idris Elba. So this one takes place, of course, 28 weeks after the virus spread. And I, one, want to say the opening scene of 28 weeks later is fucking awesome. It has left an impression on me since I saw it in theaters at this point, 14 years ago, which is Robert Carlyle and his wife and another, you know, a small group of people. They've all been hiding out in this house during the initial, you know, zombie apocalypse. And they end up letting a little boy into the house. But then one of the women in the house, she's like looking out of a hole. And of course, the zombies were chasing this boy. And so they make it to the house. They rip off some of the the wood panels. They start to get in. It's this insanely tense scene where people are trying to get away. Some are getting killed right away. And it ends with Robert Carlyle in a bedroom on the second floor. His wife is in there, but the little kid, the boy is in the closet, like across the way she runs over to get him. And as she does, the zombies burst in and he, Robert Carlyle, he can still get out, but there's no way that he can do it with where she, he he can't get her until he, he lets her die. He, gets out of the house running through a field with the epic score playing the, you know, the music from these films. That's so iconic. And he ends up making it out on like a little, a little boat. Anyways, we fast forward to 28, 28 weeks later and they're bringing in like people into, into, into the UK, into Britain. And so he's brought in, uh, he ends up, being reunited with his two kids, Tammy and Andy, who were out of the country when the outbreak started. And I don't know how much I want to give away, but 
their mom, her name is Alice, she ends up being alive. And she turns out to be like an asymptomatic carrier and things go haywire from there. I don't want to give too much else away, but it becomes sort of an epic survival story and it's really fucking good. There's some really fucking good action sequences. I feel like the intensity of the first one is intact and I love also the ending to both of these films, but this one, I like this one more again. I think this one has a fucking awesome ending and going toe for toe. I like this one a little bit more. I know it's a super hot take, but I, I enjoy this one a little bit more. I think if you like army of the dead, you'll think 28 weeks later is better. I think that's, that's what I'm going to say. It's just, it tries to do things. It, it's a totally different film. It, it tries to outdo the first one with more sort of freneticism, if that's a word. And it's, it's bigger. There's definitely how, more action. How dare you try to compare 28 weeks later to army of the dead? How dare you? The opening scene is good. Uh, and then it's just, the, the problem is this movie has no heart in it at all. And the first one is that's like the moments that stick out to me about 28 days later, like the scene where they go to Killian Murphy's old house in the beginning and the guy they're with gets bit and he knows he's going to die, but he still, he has that moment where he's just like, wait, and it's not like he can do anything. He just like wants a minute to collect his breath, to like get prepared to be hacked to death. Uh, and she, um, Naomi Harris just beats like hacks into death with the machete. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just those little moments to me that stick out about the movie that make it so emotional. That for me is a lot more intense than the sequel. But I like that you, I like that you've got this take. I like that you stuck to your guns. I like that you, you know, you laid it down there. You laid your case. Um, and, you know, you brought, brought some love to a film that definitely doesn't get it. Uh, at least in terms of the the canon of the two movies. Definitely. And hey, hopefully one day we'll get 28 months later. I was actually reading up about it because I've I love this series. Again, both movies would be in my top five if I didn't feel cheap putting both of them in there. But I've always looked out for 28 months later and it's been a long road, but it it seems like there is actually a chance it's still going to get made, which is sort of crazy. I mean, how, when was the first film? 2002. The second was right. 2007. So my thing is put it out in 2022, 20 years later. And apparently Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are going to do it. Apparently it's Garland's going to write it. Boyle's okay. going to direct. And that's the only way that it's going to happen. Apparently is if they do it together well, in, in 2030, I want to, I want 28 years later back with oh Killian. God, Murphy. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's, that's it. That's what I'm waiting for. Apparently, Alex Garland has hinted that in the script, there there will be a pathway to 28 years later being able to be done if they want it. Yes. To. I love that. The longest sequels. No, I guess I don't know if you count them, but like all the Romero stuff is, I guess, a longer gap. True. True. Wow. Okay. 28 weeks later. I will transition to my number one, 1A. Had heads, heads won the coin flip, so we went with this. And that is 1992's Brain Dead, aka Dead Alive. 
in the U.S. Ooh, at least. Ooh, this was actually one of the only other films on my list that I also did not quite get to. Okay, fantastic. So, you know, I would like to take this opportunity to remind people or tell people that never knew that before Lord of the Rings, one Peter Jackson was a horror film director and made some fantastic horror films, this being one of them. Uh, also, The Frighteners, which was like the last one he did, is great. And if you want to go on a ride someday, just watch Meet the Feebles and thank me later. Um, this film. Okay. I would like to start by reading a quote that I found on Wikipedia from one Peter Rayner of the Los Angeles Times, who stated that, quote, is the most hilariously disgusting movie ever made. It makes something like Reanimator seem like a UNESCO documentary about Mother Teresa. As <laughs> <laughs> someone yes. that's seen Reanimator, that cracks me the fuck up. Also, just for the record, Reanimator, not a zombie film, hence not on my list. Um, absolutely would be, though. Love, love, love Reanimator. But this, wow. The gore factor in this, you could compare it to like Evil Dead 2 in how far, like over the top. Over the top. It goes. Wow. Um, but it's also, it's also really funny. And like, I actually am someone that kind of struggles a bit with horror comedy. I think it's a very fine balance. And sometimes trying to do both takes me out of both of them equally, if that makes sense. Um, but this one is so funny and the, the timing, like the comedic timing of it is, is easily like, y you know that Peter Jackson could just make comedies and they would slay. Um, and this is the best, maybe probably my favorite in terms of actually combining both of them successfully. Um, and it's, it's totally insane. There's a lot of versions out there cause it was heavily censored sort of all over the globe. Um, but it is completely Pussies. wild completely wild yeah absolutely pussies i don't even honestly even this like who's censoring films in 92 like get your shit together it's not like the 1800 yeah that pisses me off that said this this film is it's fucking intense no matter what version you see it's fucking intense i mean the plot is that someone gets bit by like a, a rare animal let's say and that's what gives them the virus and then a bunch of people become zombies and then it's just an absolute splatter fest from there. And it is a joyous time. The only knock I have on this film is that it's almost too much. And not in terms of like, this is too much gore. I can't handle it. It's just like the last 40 minutes is such a solid block of blood flying everywhere that with like 10 minutes to go, you're sort of like, you're ready for it to end. You know, like it's just, it's almost too packed. Wow. That is unbelievable. Outrageous gags. Like, and it's, it's building on, you know, other horror films. It takes their gags to the next level. And then it just goes so extreme uh, that like at some points I'm like, I wish it was like 10 minutes shorter. But like that said, it's absolutely incredible. If you can handle gore, you must see this film. And Big shout out Peter Jackson. Um, you know, not I just stop making Hobbit movies. Let's just go back to something like this. That's all I could say. Okay, I I am sold. I need to. There's wow. There's a few movies I have to watch after this. Uh, after this recording, very excited to check that out. Wow. Okay. So, my number one is a film that I just saw for the first time this week. Blew me 
away. I've already recommended it to multiple people. That is 2016's Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. Great film. Wow. I truly am am still shook from how fucking entertaining this movie is. It is a it is a Korean film. It has a Korean cast. Everyone is fucking fantastic in it. Uh, and it actually has uh, Choi Wushik, who is also the the son in Parasite. And anyway, long story short, main character is this guy. He's got a little a little girl as a daughter. Uh, he's estranged from his wife. She lives in another town. For her for the little girl's birthday, she just wants to go see her mom. So they're going to take the train and around them, there's been some bit of weird happenings. These this strike that started as they're getting on the train turns out they're zombies and one of them got onto the train right before it left the station. So the rest of the movie is zombies being trapped on a train and this guy having to band together with some of the other passengers to get his daughter to safety and survive this fucking zombie apocalypse. And it is so insane, super intense, but also like so well done and and so emotional at times. Like it's just a good movie. There's so much action where, you know, where, where the raid is like, everyone just you know in a building it's not like action on that level necessarily but it is essentially like i think what the raid does for a big building this does for a train and there's great characters there's depth to the characters to a degree there's a great arc with the with our main character and it just fucking kicks ass in every way I was I strapped in and once I was in I did not leave the edge of my seat until the credits rolled and I just I could not be more impressed. I this is going to be a movie I I recommend to people for the next few months. Like what what should I watch? Go and watch go and watch Train to Busan or Busan. I I don't know how you say it. I forget. Busan. 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 Awesome movie. Uh yeah, great movie. I agree with most of what you said. This movie is uh, very digital effects in a way that works for me. I think it's, it's really, really solid. Love the idea of claustrophobic, like on a train with zombies. And then also, you know, adding that kind of, are they going somewhere that is infected with zombies or not? You know, are they mm-hmm. headed to safety or aren't they? Which I think is a cool dynamic. Did you, I'm guessing you haven't seen Peninsula? which is like the sequel. I haven't watched the sequel. I heard that it was nowhere it's very bad. near as Don't good. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, but Train to Busan, standalone, great film. And I'm very, very happy to see this as your number one. I like this pick a lot. Uh, it's definitely on my honorable, so love that. Oh, I'm so glad. I honestly, this was the only movie I was like, I think we could overlap perhaps, but like somewhere on the list. But uh, alas, I had a feeling it would at least be in your honorables. Great pick. Should, should we recap for, for everyone? Yeah. So I am number five, The Battery, four, Cemetery Man, three, One Cut of the Dead, 
two Night of the Living Dead, and one Brain Dead. And I am number five Overlord, four Wreck, R-E-C, uh, three Warm Bodies, two 28 Weeks Later, and one Train to Busan. Honorables, honorables, honorables. All right, I'll 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 try to keep it sort of short. I'll just rifle off a whole bunch, um, knowing that there's hundreds and hundreds out there. But I mean, uh, so I would, you know, I, we spoke about it already, but uh, the follow-ups to Night of the Living Dead, Dawn and Day are both fantastic. And even Night of the Living Dead from 1990, which isn't directed by Romero, but is still, I think, pretty solid. Um, ditto on all the Fulci zombie movies from the 80s. I would definitely check out zombie 2 because it has a real live tiger shark fighting a person which is just a thing you don't see in movies anymore um dead snow 2 better than dead snow 1 and a good addition to the nazi zombie canon uh let's see dead and buried and night of the comet two great one from the 80s and i would say uh, oh, one that's kind of recent is Pontypool. It's a smaller Canadian film with a, a really interesting concept. Fades a little bit at the end, but I would give that a try. And then just for posterity's sake, for the record, I did not include Reanimator. I did not include any of the Evil Dead movies. I did not include Death Dream. I've decided those don't count. I, I agree with that. Save the hate. All right, I will give some as well. One movie I want to shout out is Cooties. Um, have you seen oh, this? Oh, yeah. I haven't, but I've, I've, it was recommended. It was just way down my list to get to this week. So it was surprisingly very funny and solid. But yeah, it's got a big cast. It's got Rain Wilson. It's got Elijah Wood. It's got Jack McBrayer, Jorge Garcia, who's Hurley on Lost, of course. Anyway, very funny movie where like the kids at this school all become zombies and just like kill everyone um i gotta give a shout out to sean sean of the dead um world war z which i think is crazily underrated i thought world Uh war z people hated that i never saw it yeah pete there was a bunch of people it was like middle of the road but like i thought it was a very very solid zombie action film and it uh it actually even vied for my number five spot. I think it's that worthwhile. Uh, I would definitely check that out, Mike. And got to shout out Zombieland, Planet Terror, which is one half yep, of Grindhouse. Definitely. And I only wouldn't consider for my list because I consider Grindhouse one full film, and this is only half of it. Got to give a shout out to my main man Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. And last but not least, Shivers. David Cronenberg's Shivers from 1975. You ever seen this movie, Mike? I, I have indeed. And it is, it's kind of similar to Night of the Creeps, which I talked about last week. But oh, this one's okay. clearly more zombies because they don't come from outer space. But yeah, yes. any Cronenberg, I'm down with. Yeah, yeah. Shivers is fun. So that's, that's it for me. Nice. Yeah. I think... I think that's the list. We could go on and on with zombie films. There's thousands. Um, but yeah, I like I, I've got a few few from your list to watch, so I definitely will. Likewise, my friend. Likewise. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I actually have a question for you right before we end, because there's one film that neither of us have talked about that was on my list to watch, and I'm just curious if you've seen it. 
Anna and the and the Apocalypse. Okay, so Anna and the Apocalypse. Not that I'm like a musical guy, but I think for the first half hour or so, I actually loved it. Like I was into the songs. I thought they were all really well crafted. Um, you know, it was it was establishing some good characters, and I was really really happy with it. And then it kind of drops off a cliff for Ooh, me. Okay. The, la- the, like, the last half is like, you know, like the moments in Army of the Dead where you're like, I don't need this emotional story. It's not landing. Yes. It's that to 11 for 45 minutes straight. Like it's every possible storyline they could try to exploit to get you to feel emotional about the film. And it's it's way too much. And it doesn't exactly fit with the vibe of the first half of the film. So okay. I want to like this food movie, but unfortunately it really, really sort of just, just out of nowhere, kind of lost it for me. Well, I don't know if I'll be checking that one out, but uh, we'll see either way. It's been great stuff today. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to check out a few of your films. I'm pumped up that you're going to check out a couple of mine and I guess the moral of today's story, guys, is you don't need to watch Army of the Dead. Check out some of the movies we we talked about today. And uh, if you're feeling generous and you want to help us out on the pod here, just go on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Takes just a, just a minute, and it really means a lot. Helps us get noticed. And other than that, if you want to reach us, you know where to find us, Instagram, Top Fives and Deep Dives, Twitter, Top Dives, and you can always feel free to email us, Top Fives and Deep Dives at gmail.com. It has been a fucking week, and we can't wait to see you next week. Peace out, guys. Top Fives and Deep Dives, we're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives, we're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives, we're tired of PTM. Ha 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 ha!